630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Early in the third period, Toronto and New Jersey tied 2-2. Late in the second period, Sabres leading the Penguins 2-1. Coming up later, Vancouver, Colorado, Chicago at Anaheim. Furtis Family Oilers hockey is tomorrow. 5.30 face-off show game at 7. The Oilers home for a single against the San Jose Sharks. Then they are in Calgary on Saturday night for what should be a really good battle of Alberta. Three home games next week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, as the Oilers creep closer to a playoff spot. Uh, as I told you, if they can get 21 of their final 36 points, that gets them to 96 points, should be enough to get them in. That is a 583 points percentage. They are at 650 under Jay Woodcroft so far. Just a quick overview of that. No practice today. Uh, you may have heard Stoff mention earlier, Nuge. Kulak, Broussard on the ice at Rogers Place today, but no practice for the team as they got home pretty late from Dallas last night. Really appreciate you tuning in. Great to have Craig McTavish on the show. Always good insight and always a good story or two along the way. He is one of our regulars. He joins us every second week here on Inside Sports. Kelly Rudy joins us every week, and he's coming up between 7.30 and 8. And I am pleased to welcome to the Certainteed Hotline, Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. The head coach of the U of A Golden Bears football team, Chris Morris. Chris, thanks for checking in tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. How about you? I am doing very well. It is good to talk to you. I know we, we spoke briefly last week uh, off air, but you were pretty busy. How, tell me about the coaching clinic. How did this all shake down for everybody? Yeah, it went really well. We had about 100 guys there, 100 coaches from the community. Um, Coach Jones and his staff were there, uh, did a really good job. There were a bunch of sessions ranging from, you know, with uh, Tyler Greenslade from mainly talked about his program and the success they've had and how he's, how he's built that up. Uh, Coach Jones talked about pressure defense. Uh, a couple of my coaches were on as well, talking about just fundamentals of the game. So, yeah, really good learning experience for the coaches of, uh, of our region here. Well, I, I don't know if Chris Jones ever talks about anything else other than pressure defense, Chris. But uh, <laughs> all, all joking aside, what did it um, what did it mean to you to have actually the head coach of, of the Edmonton Elks involved in this clinic and involved with some of these coaches in the community? You know, it's funny. Like Coach Jones has an interesting persona, right? And I think some people, you know, you hear things said about him and. and I gotta tell you, like I've never met a more genuine, nice, giving person. Like as far as what he would do for, like for us, he's invited us to his camp. He's invited to be involved in whatever he can do to help our program. He says the same thing to like an Adam coach. He talked to him and says, "Hey, if you need something, let me know." Like he is a he's a genuine guy. He's a he's a good dude. He, he he's, he's all about the game. Um, I've had nothing but great experiences with him. So I just think he's. Uh, He's a great guy to have back here in town from a football standpoint because he really does care about developing the game. Uh, was there not some story that he unfortunately had a, had a death in the family and he still came to the clinic or something happened? Yeah, yeah, he had he did have a death in the family and he came and, and did a speech and then like we drove him right to the airport like right after one of my uh, one of my guys drove him to the airport and got him on his flight like right after he spoke. So it was yeah, yeah, a lot of guys would have bailed for sure and he didn't and that's 
that's been my experience with him is that he's just you know he's a genuine guy who you know <laughs> he's willing to help out in any way he can so i like, like i said i don't know if everybody gets things said about him you know how that works you know lots of people have lots of opinions but i gotta tell you my experiences with the man have been very very good yeah, well, I, and and again, obviously, this is the the, the second time I'm going to be covering one of his one of his teams because obviously I was doing the show uh, in 14 and 15 when he was the coach, and they won the championship in in 15. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I got the sense, and we'll see how it plays out. He's been obviously a very nomadic figure in his coaching career, and I certainly got the sense back in December when he was hired that he sort of feels like okay, like. I'm going to be here. I know everybody's worried. Oh, he's going to be here and leave. He signed the four-year deal. I, I think he wants to really have an impact in Edmonton. Like he's not a, a hired gun coach coming in and moving on. I, I get the sense he, I don't know if putting down roots is the right word, but you kind of know where I'm going. Like he's, he's really ready to be a part of the community here. Yeah, I know. You know. It's funny. People people talk about him being sort of nomadic, right? But, like, if I'm the head coach somewhere and someone offers me to be the head coach and the general manager, I make that decision to go. If I'm in the CFL as a head coach and general manager and somebody in the NFL says, we want you to come to the NFL, and I make that decision too. You know, like, it, it's they've all been steps up in, in what would be a, a coach's football career, right, or a, a management football career. So I, I don't know. Like, I just I, I look at the decisions he's made and why he's moved, and it's like if you're going, if you're taking promotions to move, I think most people do that. So just curious to me sometimes, and it's the same with everybody, right? Like, things get said about people, and, you know, it, it is what it is. I just think, like I said, my experiences with him have been so good that it's hard for me to, hard to say anything but positive things about him. Yeah, well, I'm not going to make everybody relive that in 2015. But let's face it, Chris, if he hadn't gone to Saskatchewan, it might have been perceived differently. <laughs> I think that I think that factored into it. We all know about the rivalry there. And I know there are Riders fans listening right now. And, yes, I am trolling you guys a little bit. But that sometimes that's what I do with Riders fans. Okay, well, good for the good for the clinic and good for Chris Jones to be there. And thanks uh, to hopping on and hopping on with me tonight. Um, because I, I, I want to get into sort of the meat of this conversation here. Um, cause people may be wondering like, you know, okay, Chris is on, it's March. I'm pretty sure the golden bears aren't playing, but hold on. Cause you're an opinionated, passionate guy. And there's all this chatter about, you know, the CFL being broken and maybe not just the CFL, maybe Canadian football being broken. And, and I don't think it's going to happen, but it also won't totally go away. Well, we got to switch to four downs. We got, let's just switch to four downs and that'll keep more drives alive and more points and more offense and all this kind of stuff. Like, is this, is there any legitimacy to this? Is there anything about this to you that makes sense? Like none at all, Reed. I, I just, I, you know, the difference between the NFL and the CFL is number one, the marketing they have available to, for the product and the amount of time and money they spend on advocating for their product. The number of kids and the number of people that are, you know, there's, there's, there's about 70,000 kids playing high school football in Canada. There's millions playing, million, over a million playing in the States. The sport is, is hugely popular down there. And because of that, you get, you know, you get a whole bunch of people promoting the sport and a whole bunch of people watching the sport. And if you have a whole bunch of people in the stadiums and they're always full and the TV contracts are bringing in, you know, ungodly revenue, then the promotion of your sport becomes something that you can do that is, you know, that draws more. And you look at the commercials they have and the way that they promote it and the way that they make it part of their culture it that's the difference the quality of the game if you watch the games there's excitement in both leagues it looks a little bit different in both leagues 
but certainly you have to recognize that both have very unique they have very unique games. Like the, the NFL game is very different than the CFL game. And if you think you can, you can just make the one change and say we're going to have four downs here and that's going to that's gonna change things and somehow make them better, I think you just you don't really understand the game very well. Now, having said that, and I, and I appreciate your honesty with that answer because I, 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 I generally agree with you. They're just saying, well, let's add it down and then there's more scoring. I mean, to me, then I wonder if you're only trying to gain four yards play instead of five or, or whatever, right? So, but it, John Huffnagel, who's, you know, a great coach and manager in this league, he brought something forward about moving the hash marks closer together and that gets the wide side receiver and defensive back more involved, and it becomes more actual twelve on twelve football. Is, is does that make sense to you? Yeah, if you move the hashes, it, it makes again more at the minor levels because the arms can't get the ball out as far at the minor levels. But the reality is, just you can cut your splits down. There's all sorts of adjustments you can do in your coaching that would that would still involve all twelve players. Like you have motion here. Like everybody can motion, so you can bring people closer to the box. You can you can use all the the whole dimensions of the field if you want to, and that's one of the big things that people like the space in the Canadian game and the and our ability to motion allows us to use every inch of the field if we want to. I think one of the issues, to be gone honest with you, in the CFL is that there's a whole bunch of people that are under the same coaching umbrella right now, and that's that Trestman system on offense. And I think so many people have used it, and it's become such a common thing to do. The defenses are onto it a little bit, and somebody else will come up, and it, it's a cycle, just like it's been since the beginning of time. Where you know, right now the defense is a little bit ahead of the offense. Things will change. Somebody will come up with a, you know, a different way of looking at the game, and then the offenses will pull ahead again, and then everybody will be like, oh, like you remember a few years ago, they wanted to make changes with how the defensive backs played. You know, there was there was so much scoring going on. It, it's it's cyclical. And at some point in time, the offenses will pass the defenses again. I don't think you need to change the rules of the game. I just think it's, you just got to leave it up to the guys who, who are coaching and who are innovating, and eventually there'll be, you know, things will catch up and things will start going in the other direction. Okay, if, if you can, Chris, and, and I include myself when I'm going to say explain it for a layman, explain the Trestman system for a layman, like for well, someone who, you know, watches a couple games a week. Yeah, well, it's it's just a way of throwing the ball. It's a way of reading the defense. It's a way of like it's you, you throw the ball short. You throw a lot of short game in it, and you you know you take what the defense is giving you, and you just sort of march your way down the field systematically. And you read you read the contour of the of the defense pre snap, and you you get the ball out. It's just a way of looking at how to attack a defensive system. And there's so many people that have been successful with that that all the all the people in the league right now that are almost in the coordinating positions are from that school. And some of them are, you know, I mean, some of them are doing really, really well with it, and some of them aren't. But the reality is there, there's other ways of doing it as well. And I think that, you know, if you look at Adam Rita, and I think back way back to the 90s, like Adam Rita was the first guy to do a whole bunch of different things. He changed the protection and moved the pocket and changed the way things were done offensively. And he was, you know, he went on a spree where he was scoring 50, 60 points a game. But then, you know, the defense is caught off, and a lot of people, he had a lot of people that he coached with or, or, or sort of brought through, and they started coaching, and then everybody was kind of running it, and, you know, the well went dry. And I think the same thing's kind of happening now, and it'll change, right? It's, 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 
when everybody starts looking at offensive football the same way, it's a lot easier for the defenses to be on top of it. And I think that, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the the be-all, know-all expert on this, but it just seems to be a pattern to me. And I, I saw it happen in the early '90s, and then later on, and I'm just kind of seeing the same sort of thing happen now, from what I can look at. Well, I, I do think that, I think you're right. There is a cyclical nature, and and I think most sports are copycat leagues, right? Well, what did this team do? Okay, we got to do that. We got to get that type of player until it's figured out. Uh, yeah, interesting discussion. I, I I wouldn't mind seeing the CFL maybe try some tweaks. I have no problem with leagues trying stuff. I just don't think they need to put in an extra down and think that that's gonna. And I also think, Chris, you have to embrace what makes you unique like what's the point of becoming more like the nfl the nfl is what it is it's a juggernaut i mean you don't you don't recruit players to your program to be a running back and then say oh by the way i need you to change your body type and go play defensive back like you you want them to be the best running back possible yeah and you're right it's, it's a different game down there and there's a lot of american guys and i and i i was in the cfl for a long time and there were lots of guys that came up from there that became fabulous players up here. And there were also lots who just couldn't play up here because it is a different game. It's a way faster game. The the time between the snaps is way quicker. So those really big guys who really do well down there can't do it here because they're exhausted after about three snaps. Um, the guys, the, the littler, smaller guys who, who move well in space. And the NFL now, they've, they've spread things out a little bit. And I think that's one of the reasons, too, maybe the CFL, you know, that – some of those little scat back guys, like the Welkers, the you know the Adelmans, like those type of guys, they could they couldn't play in the NFL before, and now the NFL can't get enough of those guys. But those guys used to be playing up here, you know the Darren, the Darren Fluties, the Jim Sanduskies, like those guys. Now they all got like that slot receiver spot down in the states has changed drastically, and those were dudes who were playing up here and doing a great job, right? So that might have had something to do with it as well. All right, uh, Chris. What, what is going on with you guys? Obviously, the season in the fall. Are there is there are there spring workouts, spring practices, spring camps? What's going on with the Golden Bears football team? Yeah, we've been going all winter. So we started our strength and conditioning in January. You know, we go four days a week at six in the morning, and we're we're into our mini camps now. So now we're practicing in the mornings. Um, yeah, lots of good stuff going on. It's it's fun to have. You know, we got AJ on now as a as a full-time staff member as a, with our defense. And, yeah, we've been building building nicely through the offseason here. we got a really, really good group of kids back again. We didn't graduate many. So we've been, we've been sort of building little by little here each year. And we feel really good going into this year. we got to find who our quarterback's going to be. You know, we got a young kid coming in that's going to be playing quarterback. Whoever it is is going to be pretty much in their first year starting. But all the other pieces are there. So we're just, we're just grinding away here trying to get as, you know, trying to make the best version of our team as we can. Right on. Well, Chris, love having you on the show. Always enjoy your perspective. I'm glad the coaching clinic was a success. Thanks so much for fitting me in again, man. We'll talk soon. No worries, Reed. Thanks very much. Talk to you later. That is Chris Morris, the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears football team. So uh, a good coaching clinic for them over the weekend with Chris Jones involved. And uh, I enjoy his perspective on uh, where the CFL is at. And he's saying, look, we're in a cycle. Some copycatting here. Um he thinks that the uh, some of the criticism levied at the league and the entertainment quality of the games perhaps unfair, and I, and I wonder too how much missing a full season might uh, might have hurt the league as well. Good discussion there with Chris. It is seven twenty. You can get in touch seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Going to tell you about uh, how you can take a whole bunch of friends to an Oilers game when we get back.
Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. All right. Great day out there. I don't know about you, Kellen. I spent the entire day in a bathing suit. I did not. <laughs> I had to come to work at 2 o'clock, dude. So. Well, I'm working. Granted, yeah, I'm working not, in air quotes. Not at the station. Well, yeah. My, <laughs> He's working, my, everybody. <laughs> my, my, my general job is uh, working in air quotes for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, keep an ear out for something that we got going on starting Monday. Your Ooh. team, one epic night. So it's going to start on Monday. That's March 28th. And there's going to be a daily contest clue. And then what we're going to have is a daily prize winner. And that person will get two tickets to the game between the Oilers and the Sharks on April 28th. But then all those daily prize winners go into the grand prize draw, and the grand prize winner gets 10 tickets for one epic night at Rogers Place, Oilers against the Avalanche, on April 22nd. And uh, your team's going to be hosted in a VIP suite. You're going to get to skate on the ice at Rogers Place after the game. And you also get a personalized Oilers jersey. And I believe, is Daryl McIntyre not hosting the suite? He is. And, you, and you, know what a, you know what a wild and crazy guy he is. So this is going to start Monday, but I, I just want you to keep it, keep it in mind. Put it on a little sticky note on the fridge or something. It says, uh, Reed says, contest starts Monday. Your team, one epic night. And it is going to be epic, and hopefully it's going to be an epic playoff drive here for the Edmonton Oilers, who are back at it tomorrow night against the Sharks. Okay, we got a good one going on between the Devils and the Maple Leafs. We'll update the scoreboard for you when we get back. Uh, some feedback from you to 780 780- uh, 496-0063. You can also email insidesports at 630ched.com and Kelly Rudy, all before 8 o'clock. 630-CHED Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630-CHED.